check out our friends at Linguistity Gifts. Linguistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. And right now they are offering $5 off the purchase of two or more bracelets. Linguistitygifts.com Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Hosting with me is writer Lee, and today our guests are Nate and Tony from Reality Czars. First, I have a couple of announcements. If you want to advertise with us, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We have unbeatable pricing for packages and individual ad options, and we work with you to produce the most effective ad possible. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News, also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find some of your favorite podcasts from our community there. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content, as well as all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin. You can also create a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus or click that link in the description to sign up now. My co-host today is Ryder Lee from Raised by Giants. Ryder, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm ready to get weird and laugh and have a good time. That's what it's all about, baby. Hell yes. Our guests tonight are Nate and possibly Tony from Reality Czars. They are truth seekers and the illustrious hosts of the Reality Czars podcast. Welcome, Nate. How you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. I just got done camping with the wife. Uh, we were just, we were out in the middle of fucking nowhere, actually, looking for Bigfoot, uh, but it was on our anniversary. Oh, so I'm hell relaxed. yeah. I got a couple beers in me. I'm chill. Man, that's a goose. That seems like the best way to spend an anniversary is hunting for Bigfoot. Hell yeah. Well, hopefully uh, your co-host Tony shows up tonight. It's great to have you on. I had a wonderful time on your show. This is going to be very fun as well. Uh, Tonight, 
Ladies and gentlemen, will be a brand new Conspiracy Buffet episode. That's right, Conspiracy Buffet, where we get into your favorite, my favorite, our favorite, and maybe some even newer conspiracies that no one's heard of before. Hell, we might make some up. Who knows? Now, uh, Nate, this is your first time on, kind of. We tried to record before, but we had some technical issues. But this is actually your first time on. Tell us a bit about yourself and what led you to start Reality Czars. Sure, brother. Uh, my name is Nate. I'm 33, Illuminati confirmed. I am a husband and father. I am a Christ follower. I'm a truth seeker. I'm an agorist. Um, I, huh, what got me started, man? I, I guess I was just like a, an addict. I was a podcast addict, man. I would just sit there and listen to shows. And I love shows like yours. And I, I was just eating up like Greg Carwood and Sam Tripoli and all these fun stuff. And and it just after it, t- it took me like three years to finally just fucking start one. And it, it started because like this was like in the height of lockdown. Uh, my buddy and co-host, Tony, um, we both met at a freedom festival in Washington. And it was called the Sasquatch Freedom Festival, actually. And that's where this flag is from. And uh, so later on we were doing something uh, i don't know if you guys are familiar with like a freedom cell group it's like just folks that want to work together it's kind of like an agorist kind of like you know thing like that little freedom cells and uh we had a freedom cell here uh, in the portland area and some friends up in like the tacoma area and so like i'm a chef by trade and uh, i was going to teach a pig slaughtering class so i had an ant with too many pigs so we killed a couple pigs and I was looking for volunteers out here in Portland and no one fucking volunteered except for Tony. So Tony volunteered. He helped me. Like I shot the pigs, he stuck them like this. And then we gutted them, loaded them up. We took them up to Tacoma and we taught a pig slaughtering class and like gave out all the meat and had a big cookout and had a good time. And, uh, on the way there, we were just, and I had like my teenager and his buddies in the back of the car And me and him just had this crazy long conversation about like the world as it was and all the different conspiracies, all the crazy shit that was going on. And the teenagers in the back were asking us questions about like 9-11 and all kinds of fucking shit. So we got to like red pill the kids in the back as we were having a conversation. We just had a great time and we're like, we could turn this into a fucking show. And that's just kind of how it started. So it's been a great time. That's awesome, man. Uh, all right, let's start with uh, what are some of your favorite conspiracies? What Anything you've been looking into lately? Anything that's near and dear to your heart? I know that Bigfoot, of course, we're going to talk about that. Uh, anything else you want to start with? I mean, the biggest one that I'm always fucking obsessed with is Tartaria, man. I'm always looking, and there's so many different aspects of it, and there's so many par- different parts of it that, like, is this connected? Is this connected? Is the box saga connected? Like all these like fun little, like, and, uh, you know, and I love learning about like the Babylon mystery schools. And like, I've been like going down a fucking rabbit hole, listening to William Cooper, his whole fucking series. And, uh, just trying to like piece all the different like threads together. And yeah, that's just kind of what I've been doing and having fun. And then I just talked with, you know, you guys know Juan from the one-on-one podcast. Oh yeah. I've had him a few times he's a fun dude. I like him. We like, he was like blowing my mind about John D and all those crazy fucks. Like I, I, all that stuff is fun. Like how did he convince his buddies and his wives all to like switch with each other? And like, you know, those wives weren't into that. And they're like, <laughs> it was, it's fun, man. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we just explore and like, whatever's like interesting at the, at the moment, that's what we dig into. 
Hell yeah. Well, let's start with some Tartarian stuff, man. Uh, I love the possibilities that we could have been uh, completely reset as a planet uh, from major cataclysm, either caused by ourselves elites or some kind of cosmic disaster or some kind of other cyclical cataclysm that possibly the the globalists at the time or the elites or the the royals or whoever was in control of our planet at the time knew that this was going to happen took advantage of it and rebuilt the population after this cataclysm in basically their image and what they how you know better way to have enslavement and control over the population right yeah, totally, man. And it to me, the more and more I look into Tartaria, I just I don't think that it can be as radical and wild as some people say it is like, because we're still human beings, man. And so like, there's all this like thought of we were different then and that we would give each other energy and this and that and everything was free. And, and I think that there is something, there's some truth to that. I think there was definitely some technologies that we don't have now or that have been suppressed and occulted, but I, dude, it, like Tartaria to me, it was still an empire and empire is like, you know, it's fed off of like gore and war and, and pillage. And so it's just, it's fascinating. I, I love the thought of Tartaria. And, and so my whole thoughts are, like the fall of Atlantis or maybe that fall of the Tartaria, which is infighting. And like the psychos that are in charge now are the ones that maybe caused that fall. I don't know. And then occulted all the knowledge. I don't know. It, yeah. It's a fascinating thought. Yeah. yeah and then when you uh, look into the world's fairs too, you realize that we had all these crazy structures uh, set up all over the United States and uh, structures that had been there for who knows how long. And then they just came in and wiped out all of that, you know, and uh, they said that they built all these, uh, you know, mausoleums and all these uh, cathedrals and all that stuff, like within a record amount of time, like, uh, you know, like a, within a year or something. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not even possible. And then they just do a world's fair and build some structures around it and then destroy it all. That's how they, got away with, you know, a lot of, um, you know, getting rid of a, any trace of a previous advanced civilization. But you brought up uh, John D in there, and I've done a little bit of research on John D. And uh, it started with this man named uh, Edward Kelly. I don't know if you're familiar with Edward Kelly, but in the 1600s, uh, he was assistant to the, uh, you know, the mathematician, astronomer, astrologer, occultist, and alchemist, uh, Sir John D. And uh, John, Sir John D. was the advisor slash spy to Queen Elizabeth I. And together they uh, supposedly contacted these group of beings called uh, Enochians or Enochian angels. And they uh, kind of they required like a, uh, a blood sacrifice uh, for them to pass on their information. And uh, a lot of people theorize that they pass them on like technology information. But when uh, Edward Kelly and John D split up, they kind of went their separate ways and John D ended up in a prison with the Pope, I believe. And uh, Edward Kelly ended up in one of the uh, German kingdoms. So all the information that they had channeled through blood offerings went with Edward Kelly to Germany and one of the German kingdoms. And, and in that time, uh, Germany was just a bunch of different kingdoms, it, you know, with different rulers. 
And, you know, at, at one point, a bunch of these uh, kingdoms and stuff, you know, started selling their uh, their children to the military because that was the only way that they were able to provide uh, and, and get money. But I think that this is a kind of the beginning workings of the of a secret space program or a uh, some kind of German space program. But, yeah, I just thought that was interesting, thought I would bring it up since you uh, mentioned John D. That is fascinating, man. Why is it always Germany? It's something about that area. And maybe it is that that connection that uh, what was his name? Something Kelly? Edward, Edward Kelly. Kelly. Edward Kelly. That's fascinating. So maybe that knowledge has been in that area for a while. Well, it's definitely the start of what's considered Enochian magic, which mm-hmm. consists of these like elaborate rituals that supposedly uh, get you in contact and direct communication with angels or angelic beings. But I don't know. It's, it seems kind of nefarious at times and these beings don't seem so angelic at times these one that you're dealing with through this magic so you know i wouldn't want to do anything with it but it is pretty fascinating you had mentioned uh the secret space program that's a good one to get into what do you think about that one oh dude i mean i honestly don't know a hell of a lot about it besides hearing folks talk about it like i've heard people talk about their experiences so i don't have anything really new to bring to the table about that besides that it's it's pretty fascinating i i tend myself to be one of those folks that you know the whole i mean it's a fucking you know whatever at this point uh space is fake and gay i'm so i'm sort of one of those folks that feel like we can't really get outside of whatever this fucking candy covered shell that is over the planet and but i don't think that we can get out of it in our fucking flesh suit i think we can i mean and that's the whole starseed concept too or the whole gnostic concept that i think that maybe we can go to other places once we lose this skin suit that we're in, but I don't know, man. Hey, but here's the thing though, is maybe some of those guys that are in the secret space program, they're not necessarily like, maybe they didn't actually leave earth per se, but they could have been like, you know how you fucking drop a shit ton of DMT and then you actually go to another fucking place. It could have been something very similar to that where they were taken to another dimension and they were shown all this crazy shit. And so to me, that could very well explain the space secret space program. Cause I don't know if we're physically going anywhere outside of this candy shell but like spiritually fuck yeah I don't know. What do you think? Ryder, before you respond to that, (laughs) you mentioned, uh, you know, that fake space uh, and you probably gave a bunch of flat earthers, huge boners, and they're going to (laughs) be chiming in in the comment section. And have you noticed? I love my flat earth listeners. Some of them are so mean (laughs) sometimes, like they try to ram that point home so hard that they're just like kind of rude and condescending. But I I love them, too, you man. I mean, they've got some great theories and they've done some great research because, you know, they some some of the things are like noodle scratchers that they've come up with. It's like, huh, why is that that way? But, you know, as far as the, the nature of space and our reality, I am completely agnostic to what the hell is going on beyond our atmosphere. I as well don't believe that we could actually penetrate that unless we have some other kind of wormhole te- neck technology or some kind of like i don't know jump room technology something that yeah. we've acquired through uh technology like uh something like the space secret space program did what you hear that you? guys uh chris wants to penetrate your wormhole Fuck yeah <laughs> bring it on 
But I, I love Stargate. That's one of my fucking favorite shows. And I really hope it's something like that. I really hope there's Stargates. And I hope that we can fucking fly through shit like that. I, I Can you guys dig into a little bit of more of the details as far as like the secret space program? How do they say we get to places? It, it's not like... There's a bunch of different ways. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways. You got consciousness transfer. You've got jump rooms. Like I said, it's like kind of just a room you walk into and blip, you're on Mars and a jump room on Mars. Uh, what else we got, Ryder? Um, I, I'm, I'm sure that if the TR-3B is capable, what they say, that it probably could get us there. I don't know. I'm kind of with uh, you guys on this. That I, I don't think that we can really – get off the planet like physically in like a in a craft i mean there's some theories that you know the the moon uh, apollo 11 uh you know the whole rocketry thing going in a, a rocket not possible you can only go around the earth and the earth's atmosphere in some kind of rocket that's why they always come up and come back down and always go at an angle they never go straight up when you think about how what's the fastest way to get somewhere it's a straight line Right? Why would you go at an angle whenever you shoot off a rocket? Makes absolutely no sense. But then there's the theory that we were developing some kind of uh, anti-gravity craft underneath the guise of the rocket that supposedly took us to the moon. And that's kind of how we got there. But I think that if the secret space program is, which I do believe that we, we do have a secret space program, it's just not as extraordinary and as uh, all mystical and crazy like uh, a lot of the experiencers claim that it is i think it's really kind of rudimentary and it's uh, in its foundation but um if these people that are experiencing these kinds of things i'm in agreement with uh nate here that it's more of a consciousness thing and if they're able to open up like a a portal or something and then because we know MK Ultra is a big factor in a lot of the secret space program, uh, you know, testimony. So they, if they were able to fracture your mind, compartmentalize certain parts of your consciousness into separate areas, uh, and then take a part of that consciousness out of your out of you, throw it through a portal or a wormhole or some kind of artificial stargate that they've created, then you would be able to live out an entire life in a different reality or in a different dimension through a portal. And then when you come back, it's like you lived that and people can't tell the difference between it happening in a different reality or it happening in this reality, you know, cause who knows how time space really works. We can only theorize and speculate on, you know, how it will work, but you know, you've had a dream. I know that we've all had dreams, right. That seems like it lasts way longer than a night. Like I've had a dream before that I felt like I lasted like a week you know, so we don't really know how time works in that uh, that kind of world. So it could be a couple of minutes only pass here in this reality, but it's really 20 years in a completely different reality or a different dimension. I don't know. That's just kind of my thoughts on it. 100 percent, dude. I mean, I think my favorite story about that is I don't know if you guys are familiar with the comedian Ari Shafir. He's one of my favorite comedians. He's fucking funny, dude. But he told the story about doing a fuck ton of DMT, like, and he just blasted off. And his experience, I'm getting, you know, I'm just paraphrasing here, but like, he like got married, got a divorce, got a job, had kids, like, bought a house, did all this, like, lived a fucking life, and then 
shot back here and he was like what the fuck you know and he was like and he lost like because he had made all these new friends he saw like his loved ones die he, like he experienced an entire fucking life like a like 20 fucking years in 20 minutes and it, it's just super fascinating man like and so i definitely think that's entirely possible i think that this reality whatever this is simulation whatever you want to call it there's rules to this and so, like, I think time is one of those things. And I don't know if it actually exists outside of whatever the fuck we're in. Absolutely. And then when you look at, you know, uh, near-death experiencers, too, you know, like whenever, because a lot of people, when they have a near-death experience, they tend to kind of come back a different person or a changed or it changes their perception or their ideas about reality. Now, who's to say that the person that comes back from that near-death experience is the same person that left? You know, it could be a completely different uh, being, a different soul, a different consciousness, you know? <laughs> An entity takes you and yeah. fucking takes your body and comes back. Fuck, man. I never even uh, considered yeah, that. That's uh, a scary thought. <laughs> there's a lady out there. I forget her name. She's like calls herself the flying spaghetti woman or something like that. But she she actually believes that she's a walk in. Uh, she's got pretty interesting information and her family uh, disowned her because she her has a completely different personality and they say they have no idea who she is. So it's a very interesting case. And I'd like to speak with her. I'm still on the fence about getting her on my show because it's such a like crazy story. But oh, uh, the more it. I listen oh, to what she it. says, it's like, man, she's got, she's very interesting cat, but I think that's very possible as well. And I want to go back to psychedelics for a minute. Um, I've had plenty of profound experiences on psychedelics. Uh, I've, you know, I've, had de uh, entity contact i've uh, had missing time all kinds of amazing things uh was attacked by a reptilian uh but as far as the experience goes with psychedelics do you think that this is kind of like a doorway to uh a, a different realm or dimension or different frequency or uh density I do, man. And, and people get mad at me when I say this and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think that like drugs are a shortcut. Um, I, cause I think that we're supposed to be like experiencing these realms through like deep meditation and thought. And I think that it's maybe you can experience it more and maybe you can bring more back with you than when you are, you know, cause like me at 17 years old, like taking like a fucking quarter ounce of fucking mushrooms, like you know, just going God level with that shit. I, I, I had some pretty fun experiences, but like how much of that did I bring back with me? Cause I was just a drunk idiot. You know, I was also drinking four loco at the time, like washing down the shrooms with four loco and acting like an asshole, you know? Uh, and so, I mean, I think that like uh, there should be more spiritual practices that should be more widely accepted. And I think that's why the elite keep these things occulted and illegal because you know, they're fucking with this shit. You know they're fucking with the shit, and so um, I I think yeah, like you, like like you said, I think that absolutely. Um, but it, I think it's one of those things. It's like when you fucking take a hit of DMT, it's like ripping the fucking veil off your eyes, and you get like whether you're ready for it or not, you know that sort of thing. And so I I would prefer I like, and I need to do the you know the spiritual work myself. You know, because, you know, I, I still fucking take mushrooms. I still love that shit. But I'm just saying, I do think it's a shortcut. But I definitely think that it leads you down those those paths, for sure. I think you, you are experiencing the other realms. We love Ascent Nutrition. Ascent Nutrition was founded by my good friend Lance Shuttler. And it's making a huge difference in this community. 
They have a new product that is sweeping the nation, pine pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking out about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer us. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, making it a true superfood. It's nature's highest source of phytohormones, which support hormone and libido health for men and women. Pine pollen also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. Their pine pollen is selling fast. It's literally flying off the shelves. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission of offering deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible to help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and human health. To order your pine pollen supply and check out everything Ascent Nutrition has to offer, use the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to go back to uh, occult practices and uh, practices of magic on a large scale, uh, even on an elite scale. That's this is where you lose a lot of researchers. We were talking about space and uh, the possibilities there. I believe that it's possible. I've heard this from a few different researchers that what we're seeing with modern rocketry is some sort of um, deity worship through obelisk symbolism of this rocket being uh, launched through the, the firmament or whatever this is, whatever our atmosphere is. And I think it's mainly symbolic for whatever kind of deity they're trying to to please. And when you tell people things like that, and when you get into things like that, that's where people check out. They're like, no, I don't think so. You know, they, they like to look at the surface stuff. We've got a lot of brilliant researchers right now in our community that are looking at the, you know, geopolitical side, uh, the economic side, all these kind of material things that is safe for people to look at and they don't get too scared when they look too deep. But once you start mentioning occult practices, rituals, uh, drinking baby blood, all these, you know, crazy butt stuff that's when they start backing off and they don't get any further into the research. And I think that is where we lose a lot of people. But that's, for me, I believe one of the most important pieces is going past that, right? It didn't, uh, who, what's his name? The guy, uh, Jeff Amazon, Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Jeff yes. Bezos in a sweet you. cock rocket. Yes, <laughs> he, he launched a giant cock in the space. It doesn't get any more symbolic than that, an actual cock. Wow going up there you know <laughs> yeah what do you think nate a hundred percent man i i absolutely dude there's a reason for these like it, it like i've told the story a bunch you know like almost every single day i cross this stupid fucking bridge and they have the big obelisks on this fucking bridge it adds no structure you know structural integrity to the bridge there's no fucking other reason besides it it's a symbol you know, and they absolutely put those signs and symbols out there. And more and more when you learn about like, and I'm not the most bright on this stuff. Like I listen to better sources and I talk to people that know more about this stuff, but like there's like rituals that go on every single day. Like I heard some folks talking about it today. It was like, like when they're in Congress, the, like the way they sit, sometimes like what they're wearing, like the way, you know, just all these different things they're doing. They're fucking like casting magical fucking spells when they're like 
making legislature, you know, when they're fucking writing bills and writing fucking things into law. It's like they're also putting this into the fucking ether, dude. They're like doing magic, which is fascinating. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, while we're talking about magic and symbolism, what do you think about the uh, the Guidestones incident? Do you think that this was any way uh, some kind of symbolic victory or some kind of psyop or a double double uh, somebody trying to fuck with us? What do you think? I know. I think it was an interdimensional time traveling cowboy space person from Mars that went came back in time to destroy the freaking Guidestones. You know, that's what I think is going on. And we see a little bit of it whenever, you know, that guy that just kind of pops out in the security footage. You never know. It could have been out of a portal. <laughs> I think it was a QAnon shaman, actually. And he's interdimensional. And he's, uh, I don't know. but Yeah, he stuck you know, his dick I mean, in there and that thing fucking blew up. I fucking loved it, dude. I thought it was great. Uh, now, whether there's some other kooky shit going on. Always. I mean, it just happened to be on George W. Bush's fucking birthday. Like, I don't weird shit, man. I don't fucking know. But could it be like the first thing that popped in my head was like the destruction of the temple? Like, I would like it made me think of like Solomon's temple being just like destroyed. And well, then they had an obelisk the very next day that was hit by lightning. Right. Oh, Did you I hear about that it, one? Dude. Yeah, absolutely. What that was going Spain, on. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was either in Spain or Portugal, something like that. Yeah, that fucking got struck by lightning. That also gave me a boner. It was great. Um, and then you see things like what the fuck is happening in Sri Lanka. You see the things that are like that's happening in Holland right now, like the Dutch fighting back. You see things like what's what's uh, Boris Johnson, him stepping down, and all of the, all of those dudes. And then fucking Abe, what's his name, getting shot twice, like. There's some funny fucking shit that's happening right now in the in the elitist circles right now. And I don't know if they're cleaning house because, you know, Abe was a fucking nationalist and they don't like that shit. Like he actually gave a fuck about Japan and they don't like that shit. He was also like very pro um, Taiwan. China doesn't like that shit. You know, there was some funny stuff. And like in Japan has been like forced to be a fucking uh What's the word I'm looking for? I, I am a pacifist myself, but they have been forced to be a pacifist nation like since World War II. We're like, you're not allowed to have an army. You're not even allowed to have a, a defense. America is going to be your defense. We're your foreign policy. You do what the fuck we say. You can go fuck like you can go jerk off the anime. You know, that's what we tell him. And Abe was telling him, he's like, quit jerking off the anime, get married, have kids. And hey, we're going to start a fucking army and we're going to protect ourselves. And what happens? I don't know, man. It's fascinating shit. Hell yeah, man. Any, uh, yeah. And then was, uh, some, one of my friends, Emily uh, Men's house uh, was sending me information yesterday that there was a bunch of fires um, around uh, uh, shit, the Vatican, uh, in Vatican City uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. It wasn't like... You just gave me an obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> pitching an obelisk right now no but uh yeah she was sending me information uh that um around vatican city there was like uh three or four different fires and i was like holy shit like i was thinking like oh my god they just tore down the the georgia guides all after cern bro all this stuff yeah. happened after cern dude cern's doing something they're they're messing with time they're doing something with the timelines but it is interesting how on the you know on the fourth uh, that's when CERN happened. And then the next day, the Georgia Guidestones come down. And then, 
here the Vatican City is kind of on fire with crazy stuff, dude. I don't know what's happening. They're during, they're burning dead babies' bodies is what's happening, and they're fucking burning oh, documents man. that's incriminating themselves. <laughs> yeah, but what what do you think about the uh, the possibilities that CERN might have altered our reality and then put us on a different timeline? Even may have caused something like the Mandela effect or, or things kind of along those lines. Dude, I really like that at least I'm hearing normies talk about it now. It's getting out there. Like people are fucking worried about CERN. And also they're like, wait, they do what kind of symbolism? Like they're they're trying to communicate with what? Like I'm, I'm hearing normies talk about this shit and bring weird shit up about CERN, which is fascinating. And they're also getting on board. You know what's funny? I think TikTok is cancer, but TikTok is also good for, like in some ways because it's getting like normies talking about like the Mandela effect. And it's getting normies thinking about this kind of shit, which I think is fascinating. I think it's totally possible, dude. Like I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been watching that Britney Spears skirt and I did think it was gray. I didn't think it was black. And now like, but are they fucking with us? Oh yeah. I saw that. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Yeah. They're fucking with us for sure. For sure. They're just fucking changing shit. Do you think uh, the times we're in are um, based on a, an apocaly- apocalyptic kind of playbook, kind of like the, the book of revelations for the globalists for dummies? Well, it certainly fucking seems that way. But are, dude, are they, they're looking at the same book we are and they're, and they're like, all right, let's make it happen. You know what I mean? Let's really fuck with them. Like to me, so much of this is like, dude, I, I was talking about this with one too. Cause we just had a, we just, talked about this shit like how they fuck with us things like you remember that like the bioluminescence that they said that they were going to start putting in jabs they were it was called luciferase and like the patent was 0.666 you know and shit like that and like they know what the fuck they're doing they know the reaction they were going to get from that they knew we were going to like like grab our shit and throw it against the wall like and so i don't know how much of this is just Maybe they're having a good time. Maybe Bill Gates is actually really funny and like he's just having a great time, dude. He's getting drunk and watching us. And I maybe you'd be I, funny. Maybe to they hang just out get with. bored at the so, top. But, maybe so. Yeah. They just fucking play practical jokes and put number thirty-three in the news all day long. Fuck, I don't dude, know. It might be like yeah, it might be impractical jokers, dude, on a global scale. And they're like, watch this. I don't know, man. It's it's pretty interesting. Have you uh, listened to uh, Zach Hubbard uh, or any of the work that he's done with Gematria and the connecting of numerology to events and reality and everything that's happening? It's pretty interesting how the connections are made with certain numbers and certain events that occur every day. And it's like they can follow some kind of playbook based on these numbers. It's pretty insane. Have you uh, looked into that at all? I'm going to quote Alex Jones right now. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of retarded. I've, li- I've listened to uh, so many folks talk about Gematria and like some of it I get and I'm like, okay. But like when they're like going boom, 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 I just can't keep up with it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there's definitely something to it. There's always signs and symbols and shit. And maybe I'm just too stupid to fucking figure it out. But it is fascinating. Well, if you think about it, words are spells, right? Like uh, the words that we speak are, are spell spells like you can't, uh, you know, write something without spelling it first. So it only makes sense that, you know, numbers would also be as just as hijacked as 
you know, words as well, you know, and then if you can translate the uh, words into numbers and you can figure out another piece of the puzzle. I think that there's a, there's a lot to be found out within Gematria and it's kind of just a fun rabbit hole to kind of go down and just put in different words and different phrases into a Gematria calculator and then like add them all together. And like, it's just another, um, another rabbit hole to really go down, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and you can find some really interesting things. My, uh, my friend Paul Knight gets into a lot of Gematria and talks about uh, Yanis, which Yanis is the God that they worship. That's the uh, unknown. Well, it's not really unknown. A lot of people know about him now, but, um, and 11 is his number. 11 is Yanis's number. He's also the God of doorways, the God of keys. He's the phallus God. That's where all the statues, the phallic statues come from is like a uh, representation of Yanis. And uh, he gets into like all of it. And you can almost find 11 in everything. And then he does like Gematria where he'll just add the numbers together, right? Let, let's say that, you know, the, the number is... Uh, uh, six, uh, no, one, one, uh, one, two, six, or something like that. He adds one, two, six together, and you know, you get 11. It's not actually 11, but um, it, that's the way that he that's the way that he does it, and it's really, really interesting. I really like uh, some gematria stuff, but it can get overbearing, it can get really uh, confused as shit. You'd be like, what, What's going on? What's happening? and then they take it to a whole other level, and then it's kind of like, Oh, well. Is it, is it just coincidence at that point? But I think that there's some uh, some good stuff in Gematria. Yeah, dude, I, I totally find it fascinating. I'm not trying to say it's not real. I'm saying I'm too stupid to understand it. Like, I don't even understand how they get like, they're like sex. Well, sex equals 13 or something. I'm like, how does, how does sex equal 13? Like, I don't, I don't I'm not smart. I didn't it's, figure it's it out. It's basically the uh, <laughs> the letters of the alphabet equals like A equals one, B equals two, C equals three, okay. and that's the basic cipher for it. Uh, and once you know that basic cipher, you can get whole words and phrases and link it to events. Go watch uh, Zachary K. Hubbard on YouTube. He breaks down a lot of this stuff. He was just on Sam, I think, a couple of days ago. He was a great. Show. I listened to it. I, I think, yeah, yeah. I've had him on a, a few times as well, and I got to get him back on because he's got some new work that he's done on the number 201 which links to so many amazing things but yeah that's some uh, fascinating stuff now i want to go back to some um some crazy uh, occult stuff we were talking about uh phalluses and obelisks and maybe butt stuff and demonic butt stuff let's talk about what you were telling us before the show about a story <laughs> you heard about a, um, yeah. a sexual encounter with a succubus so give it to us baby dude this was years ago so i'm probably gonna screw this up i was probably i was probably in high school maybe fucking junior high and there was a couple camp counselors and they were brothers and they were telling us because like i was at i was at a church camp and uh very uh what's the word i'm looking for Pentecostal, right? So lots of praying in tongues, lots of holy rollers, lots of crazy stuff going on. And I, I love it. It's fun. So uh, he, they were trying to explain to us like different demonic entities and stuff and like different experiences. And they were like having this story, you know, they were like kind of like telling their, what's the word that I'm looking for? They always, you always tell your, uh, well, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, they were explaining how they were like sex addicts when they were younger and they were so fucking crazy that they would like try to fuck anything. 
And like, this was weird, dude. It was really uncomfortable. They shouldn't have been sharing all this, but they just fucking were anyways. And so then they told us that if they, a succubus came to them and they were two brothers, they were like, I think Wait, they, they it just came twins. to them. They're just, they're like horny and <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. They channeled it because they were so horny. They like, I, I guess they're just like, they wanted something to fuck. And I guess they weren't going to fuck each other. I don't know. Maybe they did. They were weird. So anyways, uh, a succubus appeared in their room. And it came to him and he described this like beautiful fucking woman, just like, and he was getting raunchy in the details and I I wish I could remember them. And so they just fucking double teamed this fucking succubus's entity and just gave it the fucking, and then after they like came, like God convicted them of what they did and they, they just fucked a demon. And so they like called out to the name of Jesus and like went like this. And apparently she screamed like this and they could feel it echo through their body. And then she disappeared and then they repented and they never did that again. Well, I think I, they had gay sex with each other when they were really horny. And this was them trying to repress that memory. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or All right. Man, so, so Who's what did this thing look like with man? your brother? Like, do you have a brother? Or are you going to double team someone oh, with them? Like, hell no. That's bizarre. <laughs> but for argument's sake, what did this thing look like? Give us a, give us a description of this sexy succubus. So, I mean, he, he, it also sounded weird. I guess I had big, nice titties and like big old hips. And so that, that sounds like a fertility goddess, you know, in a lot of ways, like, but like her eyes were pure black and I think she might've had tentacles. So this was like Fuck. totally crazy, but like was so it had this like sexual like a, a attraction. It was almost like a siren, like it was bringing their obelisks straight to her. Like hell yeah, are, yeah. Oh man. man, that like you can't top that. Like two guys Dude. that are just so horny. Uh, fucking succubus comes and then then God. Comes down and says, "What the fuck are you doing?" And they call upon Jesus and the succubus. Go, man, that is you know what really sucks story. though, because they're they're telling me this story, and then I was probably like twelve or thirteen at this point. I'm horny as fuck, and so I'm running around looking for a succubus, and she never came. Oh. What the fuck? I wanted to fuck it. I was like, you weren't horny enough, man. <laughs> I wasn't horny be... enough. To, I needed. I don't have a well. My brother's way older than me. Uh, I needed my brother there with me. This yeah, is like, you need another horny person yeah. with you, and then you can summon it. You can channel it in that way, just by yourself. Well, in that verse, there would the be Bible, a lot of people having sex are gathered in my name. Person. You know, <laughs> it's like you needed another person to channel the. <laughs> you need two obelisks yes. in the same room to channel the <sighs> energy. Isn't it Pointing nice? Though? the right direction. <laughs> Isn't it nice though? How whenever you do something bad. You can just pray to Jesus and he'll come and absolve you of all your sins. Isn't yeah. that really convenient? Don't, isn't that great? It was great, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did my entire <laughs> young adult life. It's like, hey, Jesus, you got this, right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I still do that. I'm, I'm, I am a Christ follower Christian. <laughs> but yes, there is some silliness to that. <laughs> Hey, man, you never know. I think uh, that there's something definitely to 
a possibility that a man that embodied Christ consciousness was here, maybe under the name of Yeshua. I'm not sure if his name was really Jesus, but I do believe that there was a person that embodied what they call Christ consciousness or the uh, the pure embodiment of source on on earth, maybe uh, more pure than most people. Uh, and I think that he was a special guy and he was kind of like a... Uh, a, a prophet, a, a real prophet of our times, but I think he was still probably just a guy. Um, but I think that the the whole um, idea of Christ consciousness is what it's about. Is it's about and, you know he's uh, not you know, a being bad guy to try right? to emulate. You know what I mean? He's not a bad bad guy to like live. You know the way he did. You know his philosophy was pretty simple: love everyone. You know, love your fucking neighbor. Like I don't care if it's a hooker. I don't care if it's a tax collector. I don't care if it's a gay person. Like nowhere did I love Jesus those say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, apparently he married one, Mary Magdalene, right? Well, well, that's where debatable. Go with that, debatable. Yeah. So I mean, to me, just I, that's why I call myself a Christ follower. I try to be Christ-like. You know, and I try to keep the churchianity out of it, you know, and that's right on. That's what I try to do in my personal life. I'm right obviously on. a human, so I'll talk about like, you know, sex with sirens and weird shit, too. So yeah, maybe Christ talked like this, too. I, mean, I bet he was a fun guy. Yeah, well, it is kind of weird how. The it seems that many countries and uh, some of this kind of globalist agenda seems to be pushing spirituality out the window. They don't want people to be any spiritual in any kind of way. I mean, even on Facebook, they're banning like astrology and tarot. China is burning every Bible. You can't have any type of, you know, spiritual practice there in this, you know, they, they want to, of course, adopt a lot of China's ideals across the, the country. But this seems to be uh, one of the things that we're moving into a more materialistic, technocratic, desired reality that uh, is extinguishing of spirituality in all forms. And I see that that's a big agenda. You see that as well? So I see that as one aspect. So to me, they always do the duality, right? Where they like, it's either fucking right or left. It's Coke or Pepsi. It's Democrat or Republican. And so they really are, like you said, they are definitely pushing this like humanitarian, just very uh, atheistic, uh, no fucking sky God, that kind of thing. And, and no spiritual practices, like you're saying too, things like tarot and like different things like that. But on the other half too, they are pushing spirituality and they're trying to like, because like you you'll you'll find like if you really look into it any church that has united attached to it like the united methodist church the united whatever is actually has like globalist ties and they're actually like tied to the un and different things they're like funded by these different groups and they are trying to push this weird unitarian fucking like spirituality that they can control because it's always about stealing the real and giving you back the fake right and so I think that they, because I think that's probably what Project Bluebeam is really all about too. I mean, and then parts of that too is like, I was listening to some folks talking about like the UN themselves on their website. They're talking about like, they're talking about spirituality and they're talking about the one that's coming. And they're talking about this like spiritual, like it's going to, it sounds like they're talking about like Jesus Christ coming back and he's going to unite all the religions. And it was fucking bizarre and crazy, man. I'd never heard of this shit in my life and I really need to do some more uh, research into it, man. I don't know. That's the thing though, is people don't realize that you don't need a place to uh, be spiritual. You don't need to go to a church. You don't need to go into any certain specific 
area to be spiritual or worship a God. If that's what you're into, there's no judgment on, on my behalf. If you worship whoever you want to worship, as long as you're not hurting anybody, damaging anyone's property or, or stealing anything from anyone, you know, like that's fine, you know, do your thing. But I think that any God that requires worship isn't any God that I want to worship. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah, to me, that is that is the state coming in or whatever you want to call it, the state, the reptilians, the, you know, the control mechanisms, mechanisms that like, like occult and steal the real like, like the actual like, I was actually talking about this with David Icke, they were, we were talking about this, like, not that long ago about and me and my wife had a fascinating conversation about it, too. It's like, them the way they, they steal your spiritual practices, like what, how you actually connect and feel with like the Godhead inside of you, like, writer, you have God inside of you. And you know what I mean? And so, and I do too. And that's how we connect and, and we feel, and we can recognize that in each other and the church specifically. And a lot of those churches have been there to like, put it in a box, stay in the fucking box. You know what I mean? And it is a control mechanism. Like you're saying any like organization that says you have to do this and you have to do it this way or else God won't love you. That's some fucking bullshit, man. Like to me, like I have some spiritual experiences, like with my wife, like at, on our anniversary, we're walking this beautiful hike right up a mountain, up into this lake. Like I feel God in the mountain. I feel God when I'm out in nature and like, he's there, he's with me. You know what I mean? Things like that. That to me can be just as spiritual as going to church or more. Check out our friend, Nina, the mystic. She's a spiritual advisor who offers intuitive tarot, oracle card readings, and consultations. Some of her summer specials include any order over $50, and you're going to get a free guided Anta Karana meditation. You can also get 25% off a 60-minute reading and consultation. And be sure to use coupon code SUMMER25 at checkout. Any order over $99, and you're going to get a free email reading. Nina also produces YouTube videos with several live shows per week, offering free weekly pick-a-card readings, Friday night Q&A, and a weekly variety show called Sunday Live with a variety of guests and topics. And if you would like to be a guest, contact Nina today. Just click the link in the description, or visit ninathemystic.net to learn more. Well, they also siphon your energy in churches, like because names are, are really, really important too. And obviously Jesus was not his name. Uh, the Bible was written 500 years before vowels were invented. So it's impossible for Jesus to actually be, uh, the, the, Jesus being the name of uh, the son of God. It's, it's impossible. It's not right. And, but what I think that they're doing is they're, they're siphoning people's energy and their praise and their worship and their thanks to the God of their desire, right? Like, uh, a lot of people know that when you say amen at the end of your prayer, you're actually giving praise and thanks to the Egyptian sun god Ra, right? And then Mesh, uh, Messiah, uh, back in ancient Egypt uh, over 2,000 years ago, it was Mesh, M-S-S-H, right? And that was a reptilian snake god deity. And then whenever vowels were invented, Mesh turned into Messiah, and then they inserted Messiah into all the world's religions. So you're not you're giving your praise and worship and thanks to a, a uh, ancient Egyptian 
sun god when you say amen at the end of your prayer and then you're you're also giving your uh thanks and worship to this messiah which is actually an ancient reptilian snake god deity you know? What are your thoughts about this, Ryder? Um, because there's so much to this that I've seen as far as like, let's say you feel like you're being attacked by an entity. Like I've heard so many stories from so many different places all around the world. If you call out to the name of Jesus, these things will flee, which I find so fascinating. So the name of Jesus, whatever, whoever's name that is, like what, wherever you were, you know, is a powerful name. That is now. I, I have to say something before that. you answer that, Ryder. I was talking to Wayne Steiger yesterday, and we get to this very point. Uh, he believes, and I, I happen to agree, that the name it only has as much power as your belief in the name gives it. So if you completely believe in Jesus and all your heart and all your soul believes that this name is going to save you, it will. But you can also yeah. say, you know, Jeebus. And how much and it would spit, you know. energy has been put into that through right. like exactly. so many people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. It could be anything. It could be the giant pumpkin God. And as long as you believed in the giant pumpkin God, then it would almost do the exact same thing. But the, the name Jesus through religion has been uh you know associated with this powerful deity and whenever that gets into the consciousness of the majority of the population it works through belief it's an egregoric type of system and all of these people for thousands of years have been feeding positive and good energy into this deity so whenever you call upon it uh it activates all of the good positive energy that's been put into it over thousands and thousands of years and so much is intent too, you know, I think that, yeah, and, and like um, you said, your belief, your personal belief in that, yeah, and your intent when you're saying it and calling upon it, I think, and so it is, it's like a magical spell in a way. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I believe you can create, like you were saying, egregores or thought forms, uh, which are actually can become uh, real in a sense and maybe bring some kind of um, consciousness to to itself or some kind of sentience just because you gave it so much power through your thought and um, and the time and energy that you've put into it so that's really interesting yeah like I'm saying like I, I don't care what uh, you know people believe and I think it's great uh, Nate that the, that's bettered your life by being a uh, you know a follower of Christ and that's what more people should be doing. Uh, is emulating what uh, what Christ was doing in the Bible, even though I believe the Bible is metaphorical and allegorical. I mean, Jesus done nothing but spoke in parables, you know. And then there's uh, you know the proof that uh, the the entire thing is a, is a huge allegory. I can't remember the Bible verse right now because it's not in front of me, but it, it basically says that you know the entire thing is a is one big huge allegory and then whenever you you know cipher the code which I, what that's what i think lucifer is in the bible it's not an evil deity lucifer was actually intentionally implanted into the bible to let people know that it's not meant to be taken literal that there's a code there's that a code to break cipher like loose lucifer like yeah still, that's interesting yeah lucifer so you're it's meant to and it's only mentioned in the book of isaiah one time uh lucifer is only mentioned in in the bible once and uh it was actually a mistranslation from the sanskrit uh, version of the bible and it was originally uh morning star or light bringer and then when it was translated into english it was translated into 
Lucifer. Yeah. And it's what I think. And so that means that it was intentionally put there. And then when you break down the word Lucifer, you get cipher in there. And that's what I think that that's, that was the whole purpose of putting that name in there was to try and uh, let people dig deeper into the Bible and realize that it's, it's written in a code in a sacred text and it's allegorical and metaphorical and it's meant to be cracked and looked at in uh, a bunch of different ways and different perspectives. That's fascinating and could very well be true. I'm s- <laughs> we got to make a hard transition here. We got to make a <laughs> difficult transition to what you've been working on with Bigfoot. You are yeah, working man. on a Bigfoot documentary. Tell us about working- it, man. Yeah, I am working on a Bigfoot documentary. I'm working with an awesome dude who's named Ben Ingram Tejada. And uh, he wrote a book recently. I think it came out, I think at the beginning of this year, actually. And it was it was about cryptids in general, but specifically this little guy, uh, Little Messy, uh, that is supposedly in the Venezuelan rainforest up on this like Angel Falls, I think is what it's called. It's a very, very remote place. I think that you have to take a helicopter to get anywhere near it and then it's like a three-day fucking like like canoe ride to get out to the spot and so it's like almost untouched pristine beautiful huge amount of waterways rivers lakes like crazy out there and anyway so he's an awesome dude and um he's we i had him on my show and we were discussing it and i realized that he like he lives like 45 minutes from me and so he's a big cryptozoology nerd, just like me. We're both Pacific Northwesterners. And like, we've been, I mean, I love fucking Bigfoot, man. So this is, this is kind of how, this is how this came to be, which is a lot of fun. And, um, and so we are working on a Bigfoot documentary, man. And I, I'm really, really excited about it. We're going to start filming in August. And, awesome, uh, man. It, in fact, I'd love to actually have you on my documentary and just like just to talk, like just do a couple little interviews and some fun stuff. I'm going to try to get some some fun folk to talk about Bigfoot with. Oh, hell yeah, man. I, I love Bigfoot. Whenever I first started doing this show, I never I never talked about Bigfoot. I thought it was kind of silly at first. Uh, but the more I learn and the more um, really, uh, really good researchers that I have on that have done fantastic uh, research into the subject has changed my mind, man. I think there's something very strange about the Bigfoot phenomenon. I think it's more than just maybe a lost hominid or some kind of ape man. Uh, it's got so many type of kinds of metaphysical properties that are strange. You see Bigfoot with orbs, Bigfoot walking out of portals, Bigfoot with UFOs, psychic Bigfoot. I mean, he's he's pretty he's like a fucking superhero. Mind about him. Yeah, because for the longest time, I thought he was flesh and blood. And I do have a theory if he is flesh and blood. But yeah, I mean, the more research that I've gone down, it like, absolutely, like you're saying, like, I think it's Skinwalker Ranch and stuff. They talk about seeing many Bigfoots and shit, like out in the yard and, and interesting things like that. And so there's, there is a weird, like, uh, interdimensional, like, aspect to him, like where you see UFOs, you're also likely to see well i don't know about likely but more likely to see a bigfoot than you would like just tramping through the woods oh yeah super fascinating man here's my question mate is okay so if bigfoot exists where are the little foots where are the child foots you know, yeah, they gotta have some kids running around somewhere else. Do they? Uh, they hide those, man. Yeah, they keep like a lot. You know, a, a mother lion keeps those cubs inside. They they stay in the little 
you know, and the pride. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's a fascinating concept, man. I like, I'll, I'll tell the story. I fucking told the story before, you know, and we didn't get it on because, you know, we, the audio fucked up, but like, so me and the wife, uh, we got married in 2019. Uh, we took a backpacking trip, backpacking trip. I need to slow down when I talk <laughs> from the Oregon coast all the way through Oregon, I think a little into Washington and then through like Idaho, Montana and Wyoming. And we went to uh, Yellowstone and we went to the Grand Tetons and on our trip in the Grand Tetons, there's this really beautiful spot. It's called Elk Lake or Elk Island. And so um, we took a little boat across the way to go and have dinner out there. And one of the ladies that was working there, she was a park ranger and she was explaining this to us. That's like, if you accidentally hit a deer with your car, that's going to cost you 10,000 bucks. If a fucking like a mountain lion is like mauling your wife and you shoot it, that's going to cost you $10,000. There's like no ands, if, or buts. And she was saying that like all, she said all, I don't know if that's true or not. All of the animals in the, in the park are chipped. And so every single one of them has a chip and they, so they're, they're tracked. They can tell their heart rate. They can tell like if they're stressed out, they know like what the fuck's going on. They know when an animal dies. So she was saying like, she, she gave us a, for instance, she said like, I think it was a deer that got hit a couple of years ago or an elk, something like that. And they immediately, they saw that they saw that the animal was hit and it had died and whoever had hit it ran. Right. So they closed the entrances and exits to the park like immediately. And they went through every single parking spot, every single campsite until they found the fucking car that had like a dent blood and some hair, you know? And so then, you know, 10,000 bucks. So my whole thought is if Bigfoot was, you know, um, flesh and blood. I'd heard, you know, I'd heard a story. It, it might've even been on your show, uh, Chris. Um, I was listening to a Bigfoot guy talking about like sitting in like a blind, like, sh like waiting for deers. And he like shot a deer and, but well, no, he saw a fucking Bigfoot and he got scared. He shot the Bigfoot. And like, by the time you get down, like you run into the men in black sometimes. And like, I'd heard, and I've heard this from a few different places too, that like where you see a Bigfoot, like if you have a Bigfoot encounter, a, a lot of times you'll encounter a men in black. That'll tell you, you didn't see anything. Shut the fuck up. You know, that sort of thing. And so I, I had this idea that maybe all the fucking Bigfoots are chipped and tracked. Every single one of them are being chipped and tracked by the U S government, maybe a secret branch of the U S government. Like, like men in black sort of thing, you know, trying to keep the aliens and humans apart, like that sort of thing. And I, I thought, I just find that a fun concept. And I think that would be a fucking awesome job to be one of those fucking Bigfoot men in black, you know, and it, that to me is super fascinating, but it's also super fascinating to think, I mean, well, that's why you never see any of their remains, right? Because they get picked up in a second. I don't know if that's true. I like that idea. Don't know if that's true. Uh, but it's also fun if they are interdimensional and, you are still getting encountered by these men in black that, you know, they're like chaotic neutral, right? These like crazy fucking Bigfoots. Maybe they're just wild and they jump into our dimension and like fuck around and then they'll bail. And you have these like interdimensional fucking men in black that try to clean up the scene. Like, I think that's fun as shit too. And that's, that's even a better job. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. That's crazy. I had a, uh, a guest, oh, I forget his name. It was a while back. And he he swears that there is this kind of clandestine group, not a part of the government or any type of black projects, but these kind of uh, benevolent group of researchers that go out and they actually kind of uh, made friends with this clan of Bigfoot or this whatever you call a family of Bigfoots. And they go out and they hang out with them and they like, you know, commune with them and trying to you know maybe even bang them i don't know but uh that's really like interesting it. that uh they could have you know these clandestine groups that know a lot more and uh dude to me bigfoot. it's fascinating too is like i don't know what bigfoot is and maybe he can appear like maybe bigfoot can appear in any way he wants to in a way like i think a lot of times i think they might have like some psychic like inherent psychic abilities like they might be more advanced than us and so that we literally might walk right past one and not know it and um i dude if you can figure out who that was i would love to talk to that gentleman that sounds like a lot yeah, i'm gonna fun. have to go back and look at my bigfoot yeah. playlist <laughs> what if bigfoot is actually the one that's making all these crop circles wouldn't that be rad it would be rad man yeah absolutely um, I also like to think, so somebody just turned me on to this guy and sent me the, and I think, I think that I came up with this thought independently, but probably I didn't. I'm sure I didn't actually, but it's fascinating. The whole thought that like Bigfoot, uh, could have been the original hominid that was here before the aliens came and fucked with us. And we're the hybrid. We're, we are alien Bigfoot hybrids. There's another one that kind of flips that around is that the aliens came, some kind of aliens came and had uh, sex with the, the earth women because they love them. And uh, then uh, that's when the, the Nephilim were born and that mm -hmm. the Bigfoot could be uh, the Nephilim uh, See, That's true as fuck, man. And I've actually thought about that a lot, too. You know how Smithsonian is always hiding these giant skulls and giant skeletons. Those could be the Bigfoot remains. Because they're fucking huge. They're supposed to be pretty fucking big, some of them. That's, That's a giant foot, bro. That's bigger than yeah. a big foot. That's a giant <laughs> foot. <laughs> Rename that shit. <laughs> big but no, Chris, you're, I don't know. You're right on with uh, these beings or these angels, because that's described in the Book of Enoch, uh, that the uh, angels of heaven seen the women of earth fit, so they came down and, and mated with them. You know, now I don't know what, uh, if it was Our actually angels. Ancestors. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Who knows? Uh, but I think that, it, you know, that's uh, possible. But we don't know if they were actually angels or if they were extraterrestrials or who exactly they were. But there is, uh, you know, that verse in the book of Enoch that is, you know, kind of proof that something like that did occur in our past. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, the watchers, they came down here and were looking at our hot ass a succubus ancestors and they got obelisks and they couldn't help themselves. And Oh man, this is good. This is getting too sexy. Getting uh, spicy. While we're getting into interdimensional porn here, I I've heard also uh, one of my, my guests talked about the, the Bigfoot's dong here is what I want to get into. I had a researcher that was on that told me that he saw, he was, he had an encounter where he saw a Bigfoot and it was, Kind of close up, and he had a pendulous, enormous wiener that was swinging in the wind. And, you know, that's a pretty physical aspect. I wonder if, you know, they can also maybe uh, take an unearth woman as well um, and, you know, have other physical aspects like poo-poo and pee-pee. She is probably never the same, and no man can satisfy after some Bigfoot dong. 
I don't know. That's fascinating and fun. I hope I don't find out. <laughs> but uh, I've also heard just how smelly Bigfoots are and that you could smell them before they come. And how bad does their dick stink? Oh, man. <laughs> right? Can't be good. That's some ratchet Bigfoot dong right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. We we went way south on this one. I'm having a great time. La writer, what's what's some of your favorite conspiracies, buddy? Serious ones or uh, off whatever the you got. I don't give a shit. Uh, I really like the conspiracy uh, that that JFK faked his death, and uh, the Jay Widener talks about. I think it's really plausible. And when you look at the uh, footage of the MK Davis film. Uh, I actually, whenever I was doing research on this to interview Jay, um, there was a person that had never seen the assassination of JFK before, didn't know that there was any footage of it. And I showed it to this person and immediately they said, that looks fake. Doesn't, doesn't look real. It looks like he has some kind of, uh, and I didn't bring this up to them at all. I just like threw it on the TV and I was like, Hey, uh, have you seen this film? And it was the MK Davis uh, cleaned up version, which is the highest definition version of the JFK assassination that you can possibly get. And uh, you can actually get on YouTube and watch it. Um, MK Davis, JFK assassination. And she watched it and she was like, this looks fake. Like he has an explosion device, which is a squib on the side of his face. It, uh, it explodes. You actually see the, the squib roll up on the side of his face, you know, and something uh, blow off uh, the blow off of the squib. And then Jackie is actually going to the back of the vehicle to try and grab the piece of the squib because the piece of the squib would be evidence, you know, that it wasn't a real uh, assassination. And then there's also the cut in the MK Davis film when, well, in the uh, footage of the JFK assassination from the Zagruder film, there's a cut in it. Whenever it goes behind the highway sign, there's a, there's a big, huge cut in, in the footage of the film, you know, and whenever you're a filmmaker, you know, whenever there's any kind of cut in a film, there's an edit, right? So anything past that cut could, there could be anything over there, you know? So it's, uh, it's highly plausible when you actually look at the uh, clearest form of the JFK assassination with the MK Davis film, that there's something more going on that you can't see in the regular Zubgruder film. And uh, if anyone's interested in watching that, check out the, uh, the interview that I did with uh, Jay Widener on the assassination of JFK uh, called the Zubgruder and the assassination of... Uh, JFK, but I think that that's a really good one and it's really plausible and there's a lot of evidence, uh, you know, that, that he, um, that it wasn't a real assassination. That's fucking fascinating, man. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense in a lot of different ways. I mean, they always lie to us no matter what, like they never give us the actual story, but like, I've seen the bullet that they said, killed jfk and it's like unfired like it's not fucked up you know what i mean it's, it's like it's impossible that this fucking bullet did anything like any hunter that you know has shot an animal before could tell you that bullet didn't go through a body that didn't go through any bone that didn't you know that's fucking fascinating uh what do you know what the fucking point was like where's jfk now is he still alive like what why did he fake his own death and what did he do afterward do you know 
Well, the way that uh, Jay explains it is that um, I don't know if it's so much that I, I really don't know the reason why he uh, that he faked his death. And I don't really know if that's really the the point of the conversation, though. I think it's just that, you know, something more hanky was going on with the footage. And when you see the clearer footage then you realize that it, it's not as it seems, but he believes that. Um, something or someone took him out or that, you know, he, that he faked his own death. And there's a lot of connections between him and the uh, uh, secretary of the Navy, uh, James Forrestal. They apparently went to Germany uh, after the, after the war, after World War II to see the uh, Bell technology, the, the um, German, uh, uh, the Glocka is its name. And uh, whenever they came back, JFK ran for uh, Senate and then uh, James Forstall became the very first secretary of the Navy, which is the introduction of MJ-12, which MJ-12 is the group that was overseeing the UFO and saucer technology in the United States. So he believes that JFK had some kind of knowledge of the highly advanced anti-gravity craft that uh, that we were in possession of and he was trying to force their hand and saying that we, that we need to go to the moon by the late sixties in 1969. And, you know, he either faked his death or they actually did, did kill him because if he would have been alive, uh, he would have been alive and he still would have been president by the time we went to the moon and he would have been able to call them out and be like, Hey, like, you know, we didn't get there in any rockets. It was this, uh, highly advanced technology, but the same thing happened to James Forstall. He actually wanted to release the, the technology, the anti-gravity craft, the free energy and all the stuff. And they basically made him out to be like crazy and locked him up in an, an insane asylum and then pushed him out a window and he died, you know? So <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's all connected and it all has like a, a bunch of different tie-ins. So as much as I might dismiss that, I don't think that we, maybe can bust, you know, earth's whatever it's crust up there, whatever you want to call it. Um, there was definitely some folks that were working on some rocket shit, right? Like Werner von Braun, there was like this whole group of folks like with the JPL shit that were like, they were working on these jets. They were working on this shit. What were they doing? I wonder like, so if they weren't going to the moon with it, do you think it was just weapons to kill each other? Or, or do you think maybe we made some crazy fucking anti-gravity and I think all that shit exists. Yeah, I think there's a combination of both. I think that they wanted to weaponize it and use it in the future or use it against a different country because we know that they don't they don't come out with any kind of technology until in the public until they're ready to use it. You know, the B-2 stealth bomber was, uh, you know, had a lot of secrecy surrounding it. It was under wraps for a really, really long time, which there's some proof that it was uh, the B-2 stealth bomber was using some form of anti-gravity. They were actually researching anti-gravity to use on the B-2 stealth bomber, which the government completely denies but it's a, uh, it's a factual information, but I, I think that it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of both, but either way that you look at it, our technology has been suppressed and we've, we've had this kind these anti-gravity free energy devices forever. Um, and since the, the uh, mid 1800s, there's groups of uh, people working on 
these kinds of crafts, these airships, you know, this highly advanced technology. And then something came in and just put a lid on it. I mean, if you research back in the 1920s to the 50s, that's pretty much the rage. That's what they were all talking about in the magazines and the newspapers. They were all like, yeah, pretty soon we're going to have these anti-gravity kinds of, uh, you know, devices, you know, we're going to be traveling around on, you know, there's going to be free energy and like all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, like by the, the, the 50s, it was just like gone. There was no yeah. mention of it, nothing about it. So something put a lid on uh, us releasing the technology. And I feel like that anybody that is going to come out that actually knows about the technology and is, and is has a way to release it or call people out on it. They they're gone. You know, and I yeah. think that's a, you know, what happened with uh, JFK to an extent, of course, nothing just happens for one reason. There's multiple reasons. There's multiple layers to everything. But I think that that was one of the, the reasons and also a reason why they took uh forestall out as well, because, you know, he was the, basically the the head of this mj12 group and they were like and he wanted to release the technology he wanted it to be out in the open and uh they were like nope can't have that off with you it was around the 50s right where like i mean because when was like was it captain cook that was like said that he found the ice wall and shit and and was like and had discovered other folks on the other side of the ice wall and different bizarre things like there was a time where it was still kind of the wild west with a lot of that shit before they clamped it down and that to me is one of my favorite ones is the ice wall and maybe the continents beyond are you talking about richard e bird i might be talking about bird yeah <laughs> i always forget people's names the story of admiral bird is is fascinating where he uh he traveled to the poles and kind of discovered those extra lands or uh even an entrance to hollow earth it's it's pretty uh it's very interesting what do you about think about that do you think that the uh that we have civilizations inside the earth i like to think so man i mean i like to think about yeah i definitely think that there's a definite possibility with like a hollow earth and maybe even just like past civilizations that maybe maybe an asteroid was coming maybe there were you know there's that whole concept too of like maybe the reptilians and maybe they are ultra terrestrials they're from here and maybe they're an older you know an older type of civilization than us like an older type of being and maybe there really was like some crazy asteroids that were coming and they knew it and so they fucking went underground and they're you know and they've been around and after the fall they watched us monkeys like come back and rebuild and they're actually the ones in control and that's a fascinating concept man i, I think it's i don't think it's probable but i think it's possible and i like it i don't like it because they're assholes but what what was the uh civilization that called the the ant people i hope he the Hopi, yes, yeah. it was the Hopi that has the the legend of the ant people. Whenever uh, you know a, a big natural disaster was uh, happening, the Earth was going to be flooded, or you know uh, whatever was going to happen—a huge solar flare, or whatever—these beings came up from the uh, out of the Earth and grabbed you know some people and, and took them underground to you know kind of hide them away from. Um, you know, the, the disaster that was happening. So it's definitely plausible that we have some kind of underground civilization. Now, I don't know how much the, you know, the whole truth that there's a second sun within the earth and like all this stuff that, you know, people are, you know, kind of talking about when it comes to inner earth. I think that that stuff's kind of put there to 
you know, get people away from the real information. But yeah, I think that there's a big possibility that we have some kind of inner earth civilization and they're probably in some kind of uh, pockets. I mean, when you look at the uh, Romanian Sphinx, have you done any research into the Romanian Sphinx, Nate? No, I haven't. Radu Cinemar. Um, look up Peter Moon's work. He's coming on my show again next month. Uh, fascinating stuff. Fun. Talks about a, uh, like a, a, a kind of super soldier type guy who got access to these underground tunnels that had all kind of crazy alien technology and the tunnels went from what was all the way from uh where was it to egypt Ro romania, romania to egypt to yeah well it's i mean crazy. we know that dumbs exist we know these deep underground military bases totally exist i mean what do they have down there and we we also know like especially like in the last 10 years the elites have been building crazy like fucking awesome fucking barracks like mansion status down deep into like inside of mountains like in colorado they're all up in there and different different places which i find fucking fascinating like what do they know that we don't know which and i like the idea of like asgard middle earth maybe that is like inside of the earth middle earth i don't i don't know man it's all fucking fun Hell yeah, man. Well, let's uh, let's close on this. There's the, we live in a fucking crazy world right now. Uh, we've been having apocalyptic event after apocalyptic event. And like you said, some of the shit's funny as hell that's happening right now. Some of the shit that you can't even like write from your craziest science fiction wet dream. Uh, but it's happening and we're in it right now. And there's a lot of kind of... Um, darkness that appears to be ahead or we could you know we have a lot of choices to make it seems uh i definitely think that we're gonna have a an economic disaster that we might have a financial crash and after i don't to the extent that's gonna go i don't know and there's theories that we're going through some kind of uh, cyclical cosmic event that could cause changes on the planet that people are gonna freak out over so we're in very special times right now. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of different directions we could go as a, as, as a society, as a planet. Uh, do you have hope, buddy? Do you think, where do you think we're do. going? Dude, I honestly, I, I, I'm white. I get black pilled sometimes, but dude, lately I've been just getting more and more white pilled, which has been great. Um, I, what you were talking about though, uh, I don't know how much longer we have, but I just, I find it, I do find it fascinating. The idea, because we always look at these like people like Klaus Schwab and the world economic forum and all these big guys, these big, I think they're distractions mostly actually. I don't think, you know, there's bigger players obviously behind all of that shit. But uh, what do you think about the idea that they're actually good guys and they do care about humanity and they know that some crazy cataclysm is coming. And so they're trying to get us uh, to be on more sustainable protein. Like they're actually trying to give us the bugs because like we're, we're going to need them. I don't know. That's a gross idea, but I, have you seen that newest video of like yeah, Nicole Kidman I... pounding a bunch of bugs? Mm, oh no. Really I didn't see that one. I'm like, you <laughs> Shit. fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Uh, but to be honest, yeah, I think that this whole um, it, impending economic collapse, it's, it's fucked up and it's fabricated and they're doing it on purpose. Like this has been common knowledge since fucking time in Morium. You can't spend more money than you bring in right you we all understand how to balance a checkbook and they're like how do we fix this oh gas is more expensive everything's more expensive well Let's now send i them think the gas thing has gas. become the gas thing has become like lockdown number three since covid's not yeah. working anymore 
gas. No, uh, people can't travel. You know, people can't leave their houses without gas. So I think that's another part of this whole thing of getting people kind of locked in their homes and depressed and sick and all that shit. But I definitely, dude, I have a positive outlook, dude. I, I honestly think that, like, you actually gave me some fucking hope the last time we talked because we were talking about, uh, what the hell is that called, where they, they got a telescope into the future. You know what I'm talking about? And Project Looking Glass. Project Looking Glass. And they yeah. always lose. Humanity right, yeah. always wins. And, I mean, and if maybe I'm a, a fucking blind optimist, I don't know, you can call me that, but I, I'm fucking, dude, I think the best thing that we can do is get married, have babies, take care of your family, take care of like the immediate community you have, uh, do the preparations that you have to, to make sure that you can take care of yourself, AKA buy ammo, buy some livestock, some sort of chickens, quails, like raise some, brave some animals, dude, and grow some fucking food. I think we're going to be all right. We're going to win this. Oh yeah, man. Very well said. Ryder, any final thoughts for the evening? Uh, I agree with that. And I think that a lot of the conspiracy theories and, and stuff are, are there. Uh, I think it's been kind of hijacked and a lot of the things that they've been pushing is actually for our best good to a degree. It's only been demonized because we've been looking at it from uh, trying to hold on to this old way of life when the old way of life has not been working. What, what about uh, the way that things used to be was actually working? The only thing that it was working for were the people at the top and the people that actually had money, you know, the ones at the, 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 the ones at the middle class, lower middle class or poor people. I don't think thought that there was a good system before. So why would we want to go back to an old broken system? So something new has to happen. We have to create something new. We have to do something different. And I think in order to do something different, all of it has to come down. It all has to collapse. Right. And whether that's a planned collapse or it's an organic collapse, it doesn't really matter. Either way, it's going down and it's, and it's going to come down no matter what. It's a, it's a, you know, Phoenix rising out of the ashes. And I think it's up to us which way we go with it. Are, you know, are we going to create something new and better out of the things that are left over? Or are we going to try and carry over old, broken down, stupid systems that didn't serve anybody to begin with and try and bring that into a new reality. It, it doesn't work that way. And I think that that's the big problem. And a big reason is a lot of people are hanging on to this old screwed up system and it's not making things easier to transition into a better system for everybody on the planet. And that's just my uh, thoughts about it. And thank you. I appreciate it. I had a good conversation here tonight. Yeah. Yeah, man. You. This was awesome. Uh, anything interesting y'all got coming up on Reality Zars? I guess Tony couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately. But we'll do it again. We'll get him on yeah, one yeah. day. <laughs> I do. I got all kinds of fun stuff coming up, man. I've got some really interesting folks that I'm talking to that I've got some cool fucking, I'm, I have so many interviews that I need to release. I've got like a dozen in the fucking chamber right now. Um, 
But yeah, and also look forward to the Bigfoot documentary and uh, any of your listeners that want to fucking hit me up and talk to me about Bigfoot. Like I'm looking for people to talk to right now. So like uh, realitiesars at gmail.com. Like we're fucking open. I love I love my listeners. Uh, I haven't been turned into a lampshade yet. Uh, I get together with them in real life when I can. I'll go and grab beers with them. And yeah, so yeah, hit me up. Right on. And where, where can they find all your stuff? Uh, podcast, social media, all that good stuff. All the good stuff. I think almost everywhere we're at Reality Czar's Pod. So you can find us. And that's C-Z-A-R. So Reality Czar's Pod. Uh, and you guys can find us everywhere, man. We're on Rockfin. We're on fucking Odyssey. We're uh, right now, for some reason, we're still on YouTube. Uh, I say all kinds of crazy shit on there. They still haven't kicked us off yet, which is fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> the algorithm just missed you for some reason. I don't dude, know. Dude, like almost like it's been a, a joke. I've been almost on every episode. I'll say something like uh, Bill Gates is a fat tranny trying to give you AIDS with a vaccine. And I still don't get kicked off of YouTube. I don't yeah, know. This one's not going is. on YouTube for show, for show, show. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, but yeah, man, hit us up. I mean, we're real active on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us all the fun places. We have a Telegram group with just a few folks in there. So like come Come join our Telegram group. Share some spicy memes. Let's have fun. And uh, I love you all. Sweetness, yeah. man. Thank you so much. We're definitely have to do this again for sure. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Till next time, everyone. Have an excellent evening. Peace. Peace.